0: Welcome everyone and welcome to Two Pilots, Two Plays. First off, I just wanted to thank you all for joining us tonight. I have been overwhelmed by everyone's enthusiasm and support for me and my work. We've been talking a lot about representation, what it means, what it looks like, and what it has looked like. For me, representation is about allowing us to exist and be in control of how we exist. While trauma plays a huge role in who I am, it does not completely define me. I experience joy. I yearn for adventure, love, and mischief. I'm just like everyone else in so many different ways, and yet I constantly see myself and people like me in the industry kept in such a small box. So my writing is about breaking the box wide open, creating the roles I wish I saw, telling the stories that people didn't even realize they could tell and allowing marginalized artists more range, fun, and healing. So Two Pilots and Two Plays for me serves two purposes. One, for people to get familiar with my work, I've been a writer for years, but have always been really shy about sharing my work. I knew I wanted my work to get done, but in order for that to happen, I had to be vulnerable enough to let people see it. So this is me being vulnerable enough to say, here's my work, please like it, please like me. And two, not only do I want to share my work, but I want to produce it. As a queer Black artist, it's very important for me to get to tell my stories. People like me have constantly gone ignored, unrecognized, and unfinanced. Um, in this time that we are all saying we support and want to uplift marginalized voices, I'm hoping that if you like my work, you will help me produce it. Whether it be financial support, resources, recommendations, or what have you, every bit helps. Even if you don't care for my work, I hope you will find people who will and point them in my direction. So. With that in mind, I hope you will all take a breath and that you will allow yourself to be entertained for the next hour or so. As I say, this is my work. This is my story. This is me. So welcome to Two Pilots, Two Plays. The first reading is a TV sitcom pilot called Chosen Fan. There will be a brief talk back after the show, so I hope you'll stick around for that. But if not, no worries. And a last quick reminder to please turn off your video and sound during the course of the reading. Before we get started, I'll just let everyone introduce themselves with their names, pronouns, and role in the reading, and then we'll just hop right into it. So I'll start. My name is Ben Flock, and I wrote Chosen Fam. My pronouns are he, she, they, whatever is respectable, and I will be reading for Cameron, and I'm going to toss it on over to Shariba.
1: Hi, I'm Shereba Rivers, and I'm playing the role of Jocelyn, and my pronouns are she, her, hers, and thank you, Ben, for this opportunity. You're
0: welcome, and we'll uh, take it on over to Eric.
2: Hi, I'm Eric Lindahl. I am reading the role of Daniel, and my pronouns are he, him.
0: Cool, and then go over to William. Uh, Hi, my
3: name is Manny Buckley. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I will be reading for William.
0: Cool, and... Um, oh, that, and can we go to the other William? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, My name is William Anthony Sebastian Rose II, Uh, he, him, his. I will be reading the role of Dale, and yeah, super excited. Awesome. And uh, Regina?
1: Hi, I'm RJW Mays, and I will be reading the role of Georgette, and I am a she, her, hers.
0: Perfect. And last but not least, Aja?
4: Hi, my name is Aja, Uh, my pronouns are she, hers, and I'll be reading stage directions along with other characters.
0: Awesome, and without further ado, Aja, take us away.
4: Chosen Fan Pilot by Ben F. Locke and William Anthony Sebastian Rose II. Uh,
1: Exterior,
4: apartment, uh, exterior, airport, day. Airport, we see in the distance an airplane landing. Interior, airport, moments later. Cameron, 20s, black, a bit bougie, spots his suitcase on the conveyor belt, grabs it, unzips it, and pulls out a large sign with his name on it. He looks around, waving the sign until he finds who he's looking for, Daniel, 50s, white, silver fox, who shyly waves at Cameron. Cameron runs to Daniel, letting his luggage wheel clumsily behind him. Upon reaching Daniel, Cameron embraces him lovingly. Interior, Daniel's car, moments later. Daniel is driving with Cameron in the passenger seat.
0: Babe, I feel so enlightened, inspired. Yeah, Cam, that's great. Uh,
2: look, I need to talk. Like, to
0: you. I know it's been super hard having to do long distance for what, three months, but I'm back and I'm ready to get back to us. Cam, I really think we. I know we've had our bumps, but I feel ready to take the next step, you know? It's over, Cameron.
4: Pause. A car halting to a screeching stop kind of pause, but metaphorically, not physically.
2: Over. What do you mean over? I mean exactly what you think it means.
0: Wait, Daniel, pause. Uh, How can it be over? We talked about me moving in with you and being your perfect trophy wife.
2: Please don't turn this into something it doesn't have to be. Who is it?
0: What? You heard me. Who's the younger bitch you're fucking? Please don't do this. It's Brian, isn't it? No, it's not. Good, because Brian's disgusting. It's fucking Jason, isn't it? Cameron. Derek? Why does there have to be another guy? Ricky? Beat. A silent admission of guilt. Fuck me. It's Ricky? God damn it. How dare you replace all of this for that bubble-butt, butterface bitch? Wait a minute. Is that why you sent me abroad?
4: Daniel doesn't respond. Oh my God. Let me find out. You got me out so you can move him in. Again, Daniel doesn't respond. Stop the fucking car! Daniel stops the car. Cameron unbuckles his seatbelt and gets out of the car. Exterior, roadside, continuous. Cameron is outside the car. Daniel comes out.
0: Open the trunk so I can get my goddamn luggage. Daniel goes to the trunk to open it. I'm the one who introduced you to. I should have known better than to let that raggedy-ass, raccoon-faced bitch within 50 feet of you.
4: Daniel hands Cameron his luggage. Cameron grabs his luggage and looks at Daniel, then turns away in disgust. He takes his luggage and starts walking.
0: Goodbye, Daniel. I hope you two whores are very happy together.
4: Cameron continues walking as Daniel watches him go. Cameron doesn't get far before he stops. He's not really about to walk this far. Cameron walks back to Daniel and hands him his luggage. Daniel takes it and puts it back in the trunk as Cameron gets back in the truck. Interior, Daniel's car, continuous. Cameron sits in the the car, arms crossed and staring straight ahead. Daniel gets in and starts driving they drive in awkward silence for a minute.
2: I never intended to hurt you. I just wanted to do this in person.
0: Can we just talk about this when we get to your place?
2: Well, Ricky's kind of there and we- Stop the fucking car! Are we really going to do this again?
4: Karaman considers but gives in.
0: So where am I taking you? Popeyes, obviously. I'm fucking starving. And you're paying. Then? There's got to
2: be somewhere you can stay.
4: Cameron looks out the window, contemplating what his next move is. Interior, Jocelyn's home, day. Jocelyn, black, 40s, walks into her home in a huff. Oh, I forget the fucking cookies for the goddamn bake sale? Interior, Jocelyn's kitchen, continuous. Jocelyn walks into the kitchen to see a wrapped plate of cookies on the counter. There you bitches are. Jocelyn goes to leave, but hears a bump coming from upstairs. Jocelyn pauses. The hell? Interior. Staircase. Continuous. Jocelyn. Cookies in hand. Slowly ascends the stairs but stops when she spots her husband's pants. Then higher up. White cotton panties. Too cheap to be hers. The hail? Interior. Hallway. Continuous. Jocelyn walks to her bedroom door. Cookies in hand.
1: Oh Lord Jesus. Don't let me walk into what I already know I'm about to walk into. Jocelyn kicks the door open. The hail Interior. Stairwell
4: continuous. We hear the muffled voices, bumps, and screams, but mostly just Jocelyn screaming profanities. We finally see Jocelyn slowly descend the stairs, clothes disheveled, cookies still in hand, but a smaller number of cookies, all crumbled. Jocelyn opens the door and heads out. Interior, William's home, day. William is in his kitchen in a bathrobe, enjoying his morning peace. He gets a cup and pours himself some coffee. He takes his coffee and goes to the window to look out on the start of a beautiful morning. He goes to the living room and sits at his work desk. He puts his coffee down on the desk and opens his laptop. As he goes to type, we hear keys jingling in the front door. A second later, Cameron bursts in.
3: That
0: bitch. That fucking bitch. Cameron, what are you doing here? I gave him the best years of my life, Dad. Like, I'm in my prime. Look at me. This is prime. It only goes downhill from here. What are you talking about? Daniel. Who's Daniel?
4: Beat. Cameron hasn't told William about Daniel. Oops.
0: Irrelevant. I need a place to crash for a little while. I don't think it. (laughs) Thanks, daddy. Love and kisses.
4: Cameron goes to his old room while William is left to somewhat process how this morning turned into this so quickly. Cam, Cameron, I really think. Before he can finish, the door busts open again. It's Jocelyn, and she still has the plate of crumbled cookies. That bitch, that fucking
1: bitch. Jocelyn, what are you- In my bed, William. That stink ass motherfucker. The disrespect. Are those cookies? I just need a place to clear my head for a few days.
3: Yes, you should go to a hotel.
1: Hey, thanks, and... William. Giving him the plate. I knew I could count on you. Walking away. I need to shower. Get the stench of cheetah and cheap-ass lip gloss off my body. Jocelyn exits to the bathroom, leaving William
4: once again, wondering how this morning turned into this when Cameron comes back. Oh,
0: how did you know? Emotional eating is my weakness.
4: Cameron goes to William's desk and stares and starts eating the cookie crumbs.
0: Oh my God, we were so good. Cameron, what are you doing here?
3: It's rude to talk with your mouth so bad. I'm not playing around, Cameron.
0: Neither am I. That's how people choke.
4: Cameron finishes what's in his mouth. William looks at him like, well, expecting an explanation. Got any milk? Before William can respond, Jocelyn walks back in with nothing but a towel.
1: William, just checking that it's okay if I use this towel. I know how you gays get about your towels. Rubbing, This is soft as shit. Jocelyn looks up to
4: see Cameron. Cameron looks at Jocelyn in both confusion and amusement. Daddy,
1: I thought you were gay. And I thought you were supposed to be in college. Daddy, who the fuck is this and how does she know my life? I'm your mother.
3: Mother? Okay, can we all just chill the fuck out? and explain what the hell is going on right now.
4: Just then, the door bursts open again. Who could it be now? It's Georgette, 50s, black, nosy neighbor, knife
1: in hand. William, is everything okay? Is everything okay? I saw some strangers entered and I just wanted to make sure. Oh, hey, sweetie. Oh, William, I thought you were gay.
4: Interior, William's home, moments later, William. Jocelyn and Cameron all sit at a table. Jocelyn, now in a robe, William and Cameron in casual clothing.
3: Okay, so let me get this straight. You've been lying to me. If it
0: helps, he was my sugar daddy to help me pay for school. You had a full ride. Exactly. And now you're dropped out? Exactly.
3: And you're sure you saw what you saw?
1: No, I just imagined another bitch's white cotton panties on my staircase. Who goes to a
0: booty call in white cotton panties?
1: A classless whore.
0: Now let me get this gay. You mean straight? Not in this household. Let me get this gay. This woman over here is my mother, but my other dad said that I came out of his beautifully bleached bussy.
1: A beat. Did he really just say that? Well, you didn't. You came out of me.
0: I see. Well, that's a lot to take in.
1: Well, you were allowed to push out.
0: Mm, I can see why you kept her away from me. She's not exactly giving off motherly vibes. Are you sure? Neither of you have anywhere else to go, like friends or- And let them know that Daniel broke up with me? Absolutely not.
1: Same, you know how I hate people being all up in my business. Shift to show Georgette is also at the
4: table, knife down, hearing all of this. <laughs> this all
1: sounds like a Tyler Perry movie and not a good
0: one. It was a good one? We all know the answer to that. So what's the verdict? Can we stay or not? You, you two can stay, but I think it's
3: important that we all get to know each other. We are family, after all.
1: Family? I don't know her. And I'm really just trying to get in and get out, like two days tops.
0: I can't promise that same timeline. Can you just humor
3: me, please? I'm not saying let's turn into the Cleavers, but can we just take advantage of this time we're gonna be spending together?
4: Jocelyn and Cameron look at each other, weighing their very limited options.
3: Or you can find somewhere else to live.
4: William gets up and leaves out the front door.
1: Oh, and don't even think about living with me.
4: Georgette's smile fades and she slowly gets up from the table. She looks at Jocelyn and Cameron, beat. She takes the knife, then gives one last look as she walks out the door leaving Jocelyn and Cameron alone. Exterior, William's porch, day. William is standing on his porch, passing around a blunt with Georgette.
1: You think it'll work? What are you talking about? Don't play dog with me. We both know that you have no intention of kicking them out, but every intention of living out your perfect family fantasy.
4: William and Georgette exchange a look.
1: Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Because we both know it didn't work out so well with uh, you and Devon.
3: Why shouldn't I take advantage of this opportunity? I ain't judging you. Just call it bullshit. Fine. Bullshit called. Let's just
1: hope it works.
4: No, it won't. Taking out knife.
1: But at least those two won't kill each other in the process.
4: Interior, William's living room, moments later. Jocelyn and Cameron are still at the table in the middle of a converse, of a conversation.
0: Let's get one thing gay here, Meredith Blake. I am my dad's number one priority, always have been, always will be.
1: I get it. You're angry that I was never in your life, and you're clearly suffering from only child syndrome.
0: (laughs) Whatever. There's only room for one dramatic bitch in his life, and that's me. So I'm going to need you to
1: settle your drama and go back to not being in my life again, okay? Okay, listen to your man child. What I'm going through isn't your petty childish bullshit. So I'm gonna need you to find your balls and get some real problems. Leave us grown folks to grown folks business.
0: Oh, I know all about grown folks and finding balls. So don't try me.
1: Don't try you. You know what, son? i want to let that one slide because I'll be out of here real soon. Whatever you say,
0: mother.
4: William walks in smiling.
0: So have you all come to a decision? Sure have. This whole family thing ain't it. Sorry. No need to pretend when we're literally going to be gone in a few days. We'd both rather just use this time to focus on getting our men back.
4: Cameron exits. William looks at Jocelyn, who looks back apologetically, but still agrees with Cameron. Jocelyn gets up and exits. Interior. William's living room the next day. Cameron is in pajamas on the phone.
0: Good morning, Daniel. After having a day to think about it, I decided that I forgive you and I'm ready to take you back. This day of heart has really given me perspective on the important things in life. You want to be with me and I want to be with you. So, hello? Oh God, Daniel. What? What do you mean stop calling you? Did you not just hear my last four voicemails? I said, I forgive you. Forgive you as in take me back and throw Ricky's raggedy ass to the curb. Block my number. At least let me get the rest of my stuff from your place. Send it. Oh, no. I'm coming there to get it. I said I'm coming there to get it. Hello? Hello?
4: William walks in.
0: Yep. I can get those transcripts to you ASAP. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, goodbye. Oh, good morning, Daddy. Didn't see you there. Just wrapping things up with the registrar to get re-enrolled like you told me to do. You're lying to me, aren't you?
1: Yes, sir. Jocelyn walks in. Hey, kid, can you keep it down? I got calls to make. A good pyrotechnic, my home insurance, and an acting coach so I can sell that the fire caught me by complete surprise.
3: So we're going the waiting to exhale
1: route. Cover my tracks, really make it believable. I really wanted to make it work, officer. I... Would never set my own home on fire with my husband in it. Cameron and William look at Jocelyn like, Are you serious? Look, I'm kidding. I'm going to go talk to him. Like I said, William, I'm not trying to be here long. Appreciate the whole family thing, but you know, that's not me. William looks disappointed.
0: Well, I'm going to go shower and get ready. Can't get re, re- enrolled in school looking homely.
4: Looking at like Jocelyn. some people. Cameron saunters off to his room to get
1: ready. How did we create that? Anyway, I should get ready too. If I'm going to see my husband again, I need to make it very clear how much he fucked up. Jocelyn saunters off to her room in a
4: similar fashion, leaving William standing there like I can't imagine. Interior, University main office, afternoon. Daniel walks into the main office where the front desk person awaits him. Your 2 p.m. is here.
2: My 2 p.m.?
4: The front desk person nods, but Daniel looks confused. He doesn't have a 2 p.m. Daniel goes to his office where we see a plaque on the door that reads Dean Daniel Brooks. Interior, Daniel's office, continuous. Daniel walks into his office and sees someone at his desk, sitting in his office chair with his back facing Daniel. You're late. Cameron swings around in the chair to reveal that he's completely naked.
0: But that's okay. I'm not one to uh, come early either. Cameron, what
2: are you doing here?
0: Oh, you know why I'm here. But just so no one's confused, I'm here to take you back. Oh, um, and my dad needs me to get re-enrolled, so um, let's kill two gays with one boner.
2: I can't do that, Cameron.
0: Do what? Get me back into school or get back inside me because I think we both know you have the power to do both.
2: I'm gonna give you five seconds to put some clothes on and get out of my office.
0: One. Okay, first off, that's not realistic to do both by the count of five. so... Two. We both know this is baby turning you on, Daniel. Three. come on. You can't possibly think Ricky is better than all of this. Four. Will you stop counting and just
2: talk to me? Look, you want to get back into school? Fine. I'll write you a letter of recommendation and personally send over your transcripts to the community college. Community college? They don't even have dorms there. Well, I'm sorry you dropped out. And it's clearly not healthy for you, for us, to be in the same space. So I think it'd be best for both of us if you pursue your education elsewhere.
0: Fine. I'll leave. But you never did count to five, which means there's hope for me. For us. Goodbye, Daniel. For now.
4: Cameron picks up his clothes and saunters to the office door.
0: Were you serious about sending over my transcripts and recommendation because I don't think I can go back home without being enrolled somewhere and I really don't want to do it. It's just a lot of work and...
2: Yes, Cameron, you have my word. <sighs> Perf.
0: Oh, and tell Ricky he's a biscuit headed bitch.
4: Interior, Jocelyn's home, afternoon. Jocelyn comes in the front door. She pauses and takes a breath.
1: <clears throat> work it out. Just work it out.
4: Jocelyn goes to the stairwell and walks up the steps with determination. Interior, hallway, continuous. Jocelyn stops right in front of her bedroom door and grabs for the doorknob.
1: Honey, I really think we should talk and... The hell? Interior, stairwell, continuous.
4: Similar to earlier in the episode, we hear the muffled voices, bumps and screams, but mostly just Jocelyn screaming (coughs) profanities. We finally see Jocelyn slowly descend the stairs,
1: clothes dis- disheveled, and wig in her hand. White, cotton, panty-ass wench. My hair may be short, but at least it's mine, stupid bitch. Interior, <laughs> William's home, afternoon. William is at his desk on his laptop,
4: drinking tea when he is hit with an idea.
3: Alexa, make a memo for me. A tank top and booty short set. <laughs> the tank top says, ice coffee gaze, while the booty short's... Have a cup of iced coffee on each butt cheek. Ah! Actually, no, three melting ice cubes on each cheek. Yeah, the gays will love that shit.
4: There's a knock on the door. William is resistant to answer it. There's another knock, louder. William, annoyed, gets up and goes to answer the door. Georgette
1: walks in.
3: Georgette, to what do I owe this pleasure?
1: Well, I know you were annoyed with people just walking in, so I decided to knock before I invited myself in.
3: That's how it should work, uh, but that didn't answer my question.
1: Well, seeing as how your little plan to keep them here failed, I got a little surprise for Cameron.
3: Well, whatever it is, just hand it over and I'll make sure he gets it.
1: Mm, That's okay. I want to see his face when he gets it.
3: (laughs) What exactly did you get him?
1: Georgette just
4: smiles at William, then looks back at the entrance as Dale, black, 20s, annoyingly friendly, walks in and stands next to Georgette.
3: Please tell me you did not get my son a prostitute. No offense.
4: None taken. This is
3: Dale. I'm Dale. Georgette, please tell me you did not get my son a prostitute. Again, no offense. Again, none taken.
1: Sex work is still work and is nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah.
3: Great, fine, but please just say the words, William, I did not buy a prostitute for your son and bring him into your home. Please repeat those words verbatim to me. I am not a prostitute, sir. Thank you. Georgette, your turn. I am not a prostitute. Georgette!
4: Just then, Cameron bursts into the room.
0: Good news, Daddy. You're looking at someone who's enrolled in school. Oh, hello. Only hiccup is that by school, I mean community college. There's nothing wrong with community college, son, as long as you're going somewhere. Right. So another hiccup. Community college doesn't exactly have on-campus living arrangements, so I think you know where this is going.
1: I think this is a perfect segue for me. Cam, this is Dale. Dale, Cam. Hi. I'm Dale.
0: Dale. So when exactly is Mommy Dearest leaving? Because we both know the more you coddle her, the longer she'll stay. If I heard you correctly, you're going to the community college in town? I'm enrolled there too, so we may have a few classes together. Okay. We could even study together if you like.
1: Ew, who even are you? I'm Dale. Why is he here? Well, I'll leave you two to get better acquainted. Oh, oh No.
3: I think you should take him with you.
4: Just then, Jocelyn bursts in, wig still
1: in hand and pushes right past everyone, straight to William. So, our talk did not go well. May have blacked out and woke up with a fistful of weave and the remnants of my marriage. What's going on? Now, I know I did not pop you out of my pussy. You did not? I'm
0: so sorry for your failed marriage, Jocelyn. Really, I am. But we were kind of banking on you, patching that up so that my daddy and I can focus on me and getting my shit together. But you're a big girl. You got this. Go forth. I said, go
1: forth. Daddy, I think Mother Dearest is death. Would you like to tell her? Listen there, small dick energy. This big girl will kick your big ass, make up for all the whoopings I should have been around to give you. Mm, Well, joke's on you because I like being spanked. Oh my God. Tell her to leave. Tell him to fuck off.
0: How about both of y'all shut the fuck up?
4: I'm guessing
3: maybe now is not the best time to get acquainted.
4: Interior, William's home moments later. Like earlier in the episode, William, Jocelyn and Cameron all sit at a table.
3: Let me get one thing straight. One thing gay.
4: Sorry. You all thought
3: you'd be in and out, but it looks like you'll be here for longer than you anticipated. Therefore, the offer is officially in effect.
4: Jocelyn and Cameron begin to protest.
3: <clears throat> is that the streets? Is that
4: living on the streets, I hear? Jocelyn and Cameron get silent.
3: So, it's a family. Jocelyn, meet your son, Cameron. Cameron, Meet your mother, Jocelyn. Bitch, please. Please. See? Bonding already.
4: We hear sniffling. Cameron, William, and Jocelyn turn their attention to Dale, who is crying on Georgette. It's
0: it's so beautiful. Seriously, who are you? Well, I should be going. Um, Here's my number. We can start a group chat for the two of us to see what times work for our our study group.
4: Dale leaves. As he leaves, Georgette puts her knife on the table.
1: You know what that shit's for. Good luck.
4: Georgette leaves. They all look at the knife on the table.
1: Uh, One
3: big
4: happy family. End (laughs) of Pilot.